Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Grow in Knowledge podcast. I am Misty Umholtz, and my goal is 2 Peter 3.18, to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, because whatever we apply ourselves to in life is what we will become better and stronger in. This is true for anything in life, and it certainly applies to the Bible, our faith, and spiritual matters. May you be blessed and challenged as you listen. Hello, everyone. I would like to start off with a short message explaining the heart and purpose behind these next podcasts. It seems a lot of Christians in the church today could use a shot of hope restored inside of them, a breath of fresh air, a renewal and revival in our own spiritual hearts to soften us, to remind us of God's great love towards us and wash away a lot of the harshness, disappointment, and loss experienced in this life and world over the past few years. I am inviting my fellow Christians to take a journey with me, to seek and to find, to knock and have the door open, to ask and to receive all that God is, all that he has, and all that he has given us. And here's the thing about seeking. The Hebrew word for seek means to worship, to inquire, to desire. So whatever we seek, worship, inquire, and desire is what will be magnified in our lives. If we seek God, he becomes magnified. If we seek anything else, that will become magnified. As many divisions that we have in the church at large today, I think we can all agree on one thing. Our world and our church are in desperate need of God. Plain and simple, not religion, not traditions, not denominations, not debates, not opinions, not celebrities, just him. It feels like we've lost our way a little bit lately. So how are we going to find our way back? First John 5, 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes this world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. The question begs, how is our faith doing today, church? 1 Timothy 1.19 says, Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. I wonder how many Christians feel like their faith has been shipwrecked. Luke 21.26, Jesus said, Men's hearts fail them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. And in Mark 4.40, he said to his disciples, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear steals and cancels out our faith. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. And who is perfect love? God. The state of our faith starts in our own hearts first. God and the word of God needs to be the source of our faith instead of our supplement in life. Whatever challenge we face in this world, whether it is physical, mental, emotional, relational, or spiritual, we say, let's get to the bottom or the root of the problem. So we run to diet, exercise, vitamins, doctors, medicine, coaches, counselors, psychologists, experts, and specialists in every single facet of life imaginable. 
We look to man in this natural world and Google first for our answers. And then we add in a dosage of prayer and a Bible verse for good measure. If we are real spiritual, we get prayer chains going at church. We fast or have the elders lay hands on us and anoint us with oil. We get discouraged if it doesn't work after a couple of tries and a few heartfelt prayers. Perhaps we try it for a few weeks or months, but then we wonder why God is not answering our prayers or moving on our behalf or the behalf of our loved ones. Is this the life God intended for us to be living? Before you tune me out and think I am anti-doctor and anti-medicine, that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is maybe we come to church and we hear inspiring messages and we get encouraged spiritually, but by the end of that week, nothing's really tangibly changed in our lives. We're lacking a lot of the practical how-tos of walking in faith and power and victory and being the overcomers that the Bible talks about in this Christian life here on earth. Or is that all just meant for heaven? Did God just leave us here struggling to barely make it through this life until we pass over to the other world in the heavenly places? I'm not saying I have the how-to guide. I'm saying God does. And he told us in his word exactly how to live a successful life now on this earth today. I don't know all of it, nor am I living it all out yet, but I'm going to give it my all to grow in the knowledge of God's word and to find out if what he says is true or not. In the Greek definition of knowledge is the word science. So there is a science to God, which is interesting. God not only created science, but science and knowledge actually proves the existence of God. I'm not talking about worldly knowledge. I'm talking about the knowledge of God, which is only found in his word and can only be known through faith in our hearts, not mental assent or agreement. With God, it always comes down to the state of our hearts. That is what he cares about. In Proverbs 1, 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Then he warns us in Proverbs 1, 28, Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. But then in Proverbs 2, 1, it says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So it describes God's word is where we find knowledge and calls it treasure. And we see that again in Psalms 119, 162. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. And then in Matthew thirteen forty four, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure then a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money 
to buy the field. Here's the thing about treasure. They're not laying around on top of the ground, easily picked up and attainable. But you have to get dirty and dig to find gems. But they are well worth the dirty work. I wonder if most of us Christians think of faith more like magic and Jesus more like Santa Claus. But that's not how the spiritual realm works. We don't just give up because it doesn't work as fast as we want it to or in the way we want it to. Because whatever we want to grow better and stronger in life at, we have to apply ourselves to. It takes effort, energy, time, and attention. But most of us are too busy to put too much time into our faith. And then we might start forming our own thoughts, ideas, theologies, and doctrines based on our own experiences instead of on the truth of God's word. Isn't it time that we find our way back to God's word and find out if we really believe the Bible is true or if we just say we do? Church, we are called Christians because it means little Christ. Is that what we are to this world? Not to mention the word church in Greek means to be called out, meaning we are not of this world. We are separated and different and holy. Smith Wigglesworth walked in divine healing and miracles, and he said in 1947, when the word and the spirit come together, there will be the biggest move of the Holy Spirit that the nations and indeed the world has ever seen. In these next podcasts, I'm not pretending I know everything, nor are they about condemnation, although they are probably going to challenge the status teachings heard amongst the churches today. My concern is that we as Christians have a form of godliness, but deny its power. Paul says three times in the New Testament that he preached the gospel not just with words, but also with power. In 1 Corinthians 2, 4, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. 1 Corinthians 2, 5, he continues, That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. That Greek word for power is dunamis, which means mighty, wonderful, miracle-working power. Church, can we say that? Are we preaching the gospel, demonstrating the miracle-working power of the Holy Spirit? Do you remember the Great Commission in Mark 16, 15, and 16? And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. That first part is what we're used to hearing. But listen to the next two verses. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We have been left a job to do, church. We need to figure out how to get it done. The newspaper USA Today reported last year on October 31st, 2021, witches, quote, 
Witches ring in the day-long holiday at night with fire ceremonies, feasts, and building an altar to honor the dead. They say that Wicca and witchcraft is on the rise in the United States, specifically in the youth. They attribute it to Harry Potter and Twilight, making it more culturally acceptable and no longer considered wicked, unquote. And then they provided a link to Witch Talk, where anyone can learn a step-by-step process and how to perform and apply witchcraft in their lives. It had over 20 billion views, and that was last year. The world is looking for supernatural power. If the church can't offer them that, they will go find it somewhere else. I don't say this to scare Christians because Satan is under our feet. We have way more power than he does in the name of Jesus. The problem is we don't know it. Satan's real strength is not his power, it's his knowledge. And even the New York Times said, when did everyone become a witch? And I say, maybe when the church stopped operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. I know this just got super heavy, but I do think we need a wake-up call to the reality of our responsibility. I feel like the church needs to pull up our bootstraps, stop with all the disputes among ourselves that we have displayed across social platforms, and remember who we are. We are called an army and soldiers, and we have entangled ourselves far too long in the affairs and distractions of this world. We have to know what the Bible says who God is and what he's given us to be able to fulfill the great commission and win this battle. I am on a quest to find these treasures by seeking and digging into the word of God and seeing what the Greek and Hebrew said and meant in the original text. This means we're going to have to settle some things first in our own hearts. If we've had fears, disappointments, defeats, and tragedies that have left us far from God or just floundering in the middle of nowhere, we're going to have to find our way back to let God have all of that, heal all of that, and speak to us about how to deal with all of that. We cannot throw other people a lifeline unless we are secure and stable ourselves first. I think we need to go back to the basics of our faith, the foundation and chief cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ. Let us not forget our first love and the joy of our salvation to remember and experience the truth of Romans 8, 11. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. I am no Bible scholar. You will find some holes and faults in my podcast, but my goal is to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. I want to live like he did. And the way he did ministry was by giving away miracles to bring people to his father. What would the world look like today if we were doing the same thing he did? First John 4, 17 says, because as he is, so are we in this world. It doesn't say in the world to come. 
No, let me read it again. Because as he is, so are we in this world. And then in John 14, 12, it says, I tell you the truth. Jesus said this. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with my father. What if people, unbelievers and believers alike, knew that if they needed a miracle, that the church could offer them that, that the church was the world's resource of answers to get every and any need they had met because the church was operating with God as their source and not their supplement. We need to remember what the Bible says in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power, the dudamous, wonderful, miracle working power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. That's us forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord minister to you and bring fresh revelation of his goodness, his love, his mercy, and his power available toward you now in this life on this earth. In Hosea 4, 6, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My fellow Christians, let that not be us. I invite you to take this journey with me to grow in knowledge of what the word of God says about how we can walk in the spirit, power-filled life now and experience his love, goodness, healing, deliverance, freedom, miracles, promises, blessings, victory, and more. I promise you won't regret it. Goodbye for now.